Welcome to it. Happy Friday. Good God Almighty. Happy Friday to you. I'm Derek Hunter. This is the Derek Hunter Podcast. Appreciate you listening, downloading, sharing, telling a friend, doing all that good stuff. Whatever you do, I'm sure some of you are making massive sacrifices to uh, support the program. And so I appreciate that. I actually looked at the some of the reviews on iTunes recently. Somebody like gave me a one, imagine one star review because I I was critical of the speaker battle. I stopped listening to this episode because he did this. That. I'm sorry, but if you're looking for somebody to agree with you 100 percent of the time, find a mirror. There's the only person who's going to agree with you 100 percent of the time. And if you can't handle somebody who maybe thinks a little bit differently from you sometimes in particular issues and strategically in particular, not necessarily substantive, then there's literally no... Well, actually, there are a lot of shows for you. There are shows out there where I know some of these people that just pander nonstop. And I'm like, here, here you go. Rather than, I don't know, informing and entertaining you, they simply want to get you to... Uh, you're, you're right, you're right. They want to rah, rah, rah you. There's money in it. There's a hell of a lot of money in it. But... There's no integrity in it, and uh, you know, they, they hell they make more money than I do, so what the hell do I know? But uh, I'd rather have the integrity. Thank you very much. Or in South Park parlance, integrity. You know, and that's a reference. I don't really need that. But anyway, there's an action-packed program we'll get to in a second. Let me tell you where you will get uh, some fun and some laughs, lots of laughs and lots of thought is at patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast or DerekHunter.locals.com. The curse program, the week in F and review. Let's do this thing. Five bucks a month. You get to enter the contest for autographed books. You get to see random photographs of my children and stories from my life. You're going to be getting more bonus content soon, sooner rather than later. When things occur to me, the random five, 10 minute rants and things like that are going to be posted there. A splendid time is guaranteed for all. And for a low, low price, like a Starbucks, co- I don't know how much coffee costs, but five bucks seems to be about right. And that's every damn day. Take one day off and drink the stuff in the office and uh, throw some love to the show if you don't mind. And much appreciate it. All right. Let us get on so we can get on with our weekend. Like I said, there, there, there's a lot of busy news day. Lots going on. So I look at the... Uh, I'm looking at all my different sources. And I'm looking at uh, all these different places and uh, all the things that I get for news. And uh, I say, well, you know what? I'll go and I'll check the Baltimore Sun, see what's going on there. The top, you think, new governor, historic God, the left loves historic. That's why, you know, hey, I don't know if you know this, but Westmore is a black guy. I don't care. Westmore is a, a left wing con artist i mean the guy made a fortune millions of dollars being working for the poor you know i I went into the wrong business but um it's not even the top story on the on the website oprah came to town forgot oprah came to town (laughs) and you said why is oprah in town well because westmore is black and oprah is a racist i mean let's just be honest about it but uh, she came to town for the inauguration and uh, it's not the top story. It's the Ravens quarterback. Will he be a free agent? Will they sign? What's going on? 
Okay, fine. It's funny. The other day with the story was, well, the Ravens should probably just let uh, the quarterback go. Just let him go. Let him be, test the waters. They're talking about throwing an enormous sum of money at the guy. And we're going to have a sports story coming up. Although it's a sport where it doesn't nearly get as much money, the NHL. The woke police are going absolutely crazy over there. But it's interesting to me that the biggest story in the Baltimore Sun's eyes, they've got a ton of stories about Wes Moore. But it, and you go down and you go read Wes Moore's inaugural address. Oh, look at Wes Moore. Oh, here's Wes Moore at the ball. Here's Wes Moore being sworn in. Wes Moore takes oath as Maryland's first black governor. Reflects on state's path from slavery to his inauguration. There's a long, there's a lot of dots in between those two dots. But the left loves to exploit this crap. It's just so, from the road from slavery to my inauguration. You mean in the ensuing 150, almost 200 years? That, That road? Anything happening there worth note? Or is it just right from slavery to you? There's really no difference until just now. The state has barely changed since the days of slavery. Well, kind of. Democrats still control it, though it hasn't really changed all that much. But it just cracks me up. And these leftists go, oh, we're making pro- well, we're not there yet. When will we get, what, do we, what does society have to do to get you to not hate it? To get the left to not hate it. You know, it's really just the United States. If you look at what's going on over in Davos, they hate Western civilization, but they really just hate the United States. Nobody's talking about fundamentally transforming France. They're not bothering with France. France isn't an economic superpower unless you compare it to the rest of the world and not the United States. It's all directed at the United States. Besides, France is doing everything it can to kneecap itself already. The UK is doing everything it can to kneecap itself already. They're committing, Germany is committing suicide over there. Oh, we're going to get, we've gotten rid of of, uh, nuclear. We've gotten rid of coal. We're going to only be renewables. And then guess what? Oh, wait, those renewables, they're not working out very great over there. So now what are they doing? They're clear-cutting forests in Germany, which are kind of, I mean, we have plenty of forests, but they're kind of important when it comes to the uh, creation of oxygen, right? Kind of important. So clear-cutting forests, probably not super good. But they're doing that because why? Because not because they just want everybody to suffocate. It's because they need to be able to people of Germany can't afford to heat their homes. Germany gets pretty damn cold in the winter. There are a lot of mountains in Germany. It gets pretty cold. And now the cost of energy, thanks to their suicidal tendencies and the suicidal tendencies of the left, is so high that people are cutting down trees and they're hoarding wood. And one of the biggest things being stolen in Germany ain't bratwurst. One of the biggest things being stolen throughout Germany is wood. It's just so you know, it's 2013 or 23 as a reminder, even if it were 2013, I'm just off by 10 years. It still wouldn't matter. It is modern times. We do not need, unless you're Ted Kaczynski living in that shack in rural Montana, you don't really need, there are alternate ways, very efficient ways and affordable ways 
to uh, power and heat your home unless your government galulies you. Kneecap. It really wasn't Jeff Galuli who hit. I can't remember the name of the fat bodyguard, but it was the uh, bodyguard or not the the friend, the big friend who hit. What's his? What's her face? Nancy Kerrigan. But Galuli is such a fun name to say. I don't know. Yeah, your 1993 reference for the day or whenever the hell that took place. But it is a uh, actually the uh, 30th anniversary of that just passed, I believe. Anyway. It's weird watching the world commit suicide and then looking at what we as, not we, but it's weird. Conservatives don't participate in the culture as much as we should. We absolutely should. We need to, desperately need to. Even if it's just to observe it. You don't have to go to the movies, but you should be aware of what movies are out there. You don't have to watch the TV shows, but you should be aware of what these TV shows are and the general sense of what they're about so that you know what's coming next. These are the telegraphed punches for politics in the culture right there for your eyes. And you're not taken aback. And you're not surprised going, oh, my God, they've got uh, drag queen story time and all these groomers. And everything. Well, if you've been paying attention to the trends in Hollywood, it's not that big of a surprise. And to really, to fight the culture wars, to win the culture wars, to even counteract what's going on in the culture, you have to be aware of what's going on in it. I get these emails all the time. I don't have cable. I'm very proud of the fact that I don't have cable. Okay, very. you, you save a lot of money. I don't watch TV. All right, great. You, uh, I don't know, you've got plenty of time to paint or write or whatever it is you do for fun. For me, I'd look at that and go, let's, I don't, I don't want that. For me, you can do whatever you want for your life. I don't really care. But I like to have a distraction. I like to have fun. I like to laugh. I understand people who are doing these things for me largely are not on my side politically. But quite frankly, most of what is on my side politically is terrible because it's so preachy. It's so overt. So I, uh, I'd rather watch something produced by people who hate me. The Wire, for example. I love The Wire. But uh, what's his face? David Simon, who, who created The Wire, produced The Wire, blocked me on social media and then unblocked me on, on several occasions. Nasty person. Nasty, nasty person on social media. I don't, I don't even think I've ever engaged. I might have probably engaged with him. But I, it, I don't seek him out. And uh, he just he hates me if he had his way. He would want nothing to do with me. He would he would probably imprison me, to be perfectly honest with you. Most of the lefts, you scratch him down a little bit. You find a totalitarian. But damn, that guy put together a good TV show. A really good TV show. An impressively, surprisingly good TV show. And I want to watch it. And every once in a while, every year or so, I'll go, you know what? I'm going to rewatch The Wire. Or rewatch a chunk of The Wire. Or whatever it is. Not because I want to really uh, make David Simon richer. He's, he's fine. He's doing fine without my money. And I, it's just because I like to be entertained. You have to be involved in what's going on in the culture if you're going to have an impact on the culture. You can't sit on the sidelines and bark out how the team should play. you got to get on the field. But it is interesting to watch all of these things as they... Uh, swirl simultaneously 
as they go around. Yes, Maryland has a new governor. Congratulations, Governor Moore. I don't care. Your speech is about how you're historic and your uh, lieutenant governor is. I don't care how your lieutenant governor is historic. I care what you want to do to this state. I care what you want to force me to do. That's the difference, really, between conservatives and liberals. What conservatives want to do is essentially leave you alone. They want to get government off of your back. They want to get government away from you. Whereas liberals want to use government to coerce you into compliance, into doing certain things, into paying for certain things, no matter how objectionable you find them to be. You can say, well, Derek, what about abortion? What about abortion? Trying trying to force pregnancy. No. Lindsey Graham aside, and we've discussed many, many times how Lindsey Graham was an idiot, and I believe he is... Uh, in large part, not solely, but in large part responsible for the disappointing showing in the midterm elections with his stupid bill after decades of conservatives saying we need to overturn Roe v. Wade's horribly decided law. This will go back to the states at that point. It won't outlaw abortion. It's not a federal issue. Federalism, federalism, federalism. And then you get idiot Lindsey Graham going, I think now is a time to introduce a bill that won't go anywhere in this Congress, but will insert myself into every single election across the country. And he did it. And you go, why? This was never going to get a vote in a Democrat-controlled Senate. What does it matter if you introduce it in September or you introduce it in December? It's going to get the same number of votes. It's going to have the same impact. Well, it's going to have a different impact going to go the same places but it's going to have a different impact in that you don't have democrats with that weapon to reinvigorate their radical pro-abortion base which was pissed off in may still angry in june and then saw gas prices and food prices going up to the point that they couldn't afford to go to the protests in July. And then they kind of got mad in August about the cost of gas and the cost of food and the lack of baby formula and everything else. And instead you just said, well, you know what? Remember that thing you were really ticked off about a few months ago? I want to remind you of that. And I want to inspire you to get back and get energized. And it worked. I think it worked because Lindsey Graham wasn't on the ballot. Lindsey Graham wasn't up that cycle, but Lindsey Graham sure did get a lot of attention. Lindsey Graham probably raised a whole bunch of money for his next reelection bid, which ultimately was the point. You sit there and you go, the left is a hive mind. And we mock the left for being the Borg. And we should mock the left for being the Borg. But every once in a while, you do have to pull your head out of where last night's dinner resides and think, hey, how does this help the team? How does this help the team? Yeah, maybe you go up there and hit home runs all the time or hit home runs every 10th at bat. That's great. Or whatever it was for, for Aaron Judge this year. Just make it up. Every 10th at bat. You can do that. But sometimes you need to sacrifice bunt. Sometimes you need to hit and run play when you're at bat. And what do you do? You just go, no, no, no. My shtick, my thing, all I do is swing for the fences. Or do you look at it and go, uh, maybe, maybe I'll lay down a bunt 
to get the runner in scoring position or get the guy from second to third with one out so that we have a better chance of winning this game. What do you do? How do you do it? It matters. It does, or it should. But it doesn't seem to, to some people. Maybe that'll be the theme of today's show. I don't know. I didn't plan on going off on this little monologue here, but I'm just, that's what I get when I look at what's going on in the world and the news today and on the front page of the Baltimore Sun. Oh, my God. We, we should probably let our quarterback go. Really? That's the most important thing going on? I'm looking at the, this story. You want to talk about the, the culture wars and the priorities of the left and how destructive they are. They are a cancer on society. They simply are. There's no other way to put it. Looking at the Baltimore Sun just to see what they were saying about Westmore. And you see this story down the side in their education. Decrease in staff for gifted students proposed in Baltimore County Public Schools concerning stakeholders. Huh? You decrease the staff for gifted students. Well, it's, it's, there's no equity. Remember, equity and equality are two different things. Equity is the finish line. Equality is the starting line. What you do in between is up to the individual, not according to the left anymore. Now it's about the finish line. This is where they pervert society. This is where they're evil. This is why they need to be destroyed, need to be seriously destroyed, not just beaten, destroyed. At a public hearing for Baltimore County Public Schools, Superintendent Darrell L. Williams' proposed budget, two of the seven speakers who came forth for comment voiced worry about the possible cuts in staffing for gifted and talented students. Now, I can tell you part of the problem right there is there is a hearing for the Baltimore County Public School budget, and seven people... I don't know how many people showed up, but seven people bothered to speak. Only seven. You, know, you see, you know, it, it's sad what it takes because there are, you know, school board meetings across the country. You say, we're going to we're gonna bring in uh, Drag Queen Story Hour. We're going to have uh, strippers. And, and then people will show up. But the quality of education is not something that's dependent upon the content of the library exclusively certainly a factor but it is not exclusively it shouldn't take outrage in fact if parents more than seven parents showed up if parents showed up with the regularity and the passion that they show up to the meetings when there are things to be mobilized about if they just showed up regularly then you probably wouldn't have a need to be mobilized in the first place also if you paid attention if parents engaged then they would likely elect school board members, better school board members. As a stance, most of these school boards, if you look at them, they're, they're parentless leftists with nothing but time on their hands who can vote themselves raises, who can empower themselves, and then they look at anybody who says, our children, my, these are my children, I worry about they're not your kids. You show me biologically how they're your kids or they're not your kids. Uh, or you show me legally how they're your kids or they're not your kids. You show me where you're paying some child support and supporting these kids and feeding these or they're not your kids. Out of your own pocket, not using the government money. But no, it is people who are busybodies. Oftentimes it's people who will never run risk 
of having children because there is no way on God's green earth that anybody would engage in the activity that creates them with these people. Connect those dots in your head. Back to the story. Williams' proposed fiscal year 2024 budget details cutting three full-time resource teachers from the Office of Advanced Academics, which serves gifted and talented students. Such cuts would mean only one resource teacher, one coordinator, and one administrative assistant. The school system's budget for fiscal year 2023 allotted funds for four resource teachers, one coordinator, and one administrative assistant. Baltimore County's school spokesman, good Lord, this... uh, G-B-O-Y-I-N-D-E is the first name. And then O-N-I-J-A-L-A is the last name. Make of that what you will. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. Dyslexia is just not my friend when it comes to names. The community members, both involved in the Citizens Advisory Committee, for Gifted and Talented Education, an organization established by the school system to garner community feedback, asserted the Office of Advanced Academics serves about 27% of the system's students in grades 4 to 12. So 27% of the students, and there are some form, there are different classes, uh, some form of gifted and talented. I was, I was eventually, when I was a kid, we had, I told this story before, in the fifth grade, we had the MEEP test, I think it was, it was called the MEEP test, which I believe stood for Michigan Education Assessment Placement Exam, test or whatever. Uh, I bombed it. I absolutely bombed it. I was not, uh, I was an undiagnosed dyslexic at the time, plus I just was a screw up and a screw around. So for, that determined where you went in junior high. So when seventh grade rolls around, I was removed from in English and uh, history and math and uh, the the core classes, the things that you know education system supposed to. I was put in the basic level of classes. There were the special needs kids, and then there was basic, and then there was normal, and then there was advanced. I was in the basic because I did so horribly on that standardized test. Well, within six months. I, they elected me their their student council representative. I didn't even run. That was the only way I'd ever run. Somebody emailed me the other day, you should run for Congress. First of all, I need to work. You want to give me a million bucks to take time off of work and never have to work and not have to worry, then I'd happily run for Congress. But um, unless and until I've got to work. But uh, I... Uh, by They elected me student council. It's fun. I, I just remember... I got out of class like once a month to go to a student council. I have no idea what we did. The only thing I remember vaguely about being on student council in seventh grade was we cleaned up around the school one day. We went around with garbage bags as student council members and cleaned up outside. And I remember one kid swinging a garbage bag with glass in it and hit the, who at the time was the the cutest girl in school in seventh grade. It's amazing how she got elected, right? But it hit her in the head. She'd like duck down and he hit her in the head with a bag that he thought was leaves. It had glass in it and it cut her head. I remember the big scandal. And you know, she she bled on my windbreaker. That was my brush with greatness in seventh grade. Is the, the hottest girl in school bled on my windbreaker. And, uh, you know, Calgon, not Calgon, the tide took it away or whatever. 
But that was it. And by six months into it, they'd realized that maybe I wasn't in, shouldn't be in the basic classes, and I was moved to the regular classes. And then a couple months after that, I was moved to the advanced class. And everything except for English. I was in the regular English, but uh, everything but the English. And it stayed that way throughout everything else. I don't, I had, I don't know what the other classes were like because I took the classes that I took. But I do know that the classes I took, the teachers were engaging. The teachers seemed to know what they were talking about. But more importantly, they were able to, uh, they would tolerate curious kids with a lot of questions, particularly history. I bothered the hell out of my history teacher. Math, I eventually bothered too. But if you get rid of those, or if you even limit the number of students who can go in those, you're going to limit the future of a lot of kids. And I know, well, what are you going to do? You're already limiting its exclusive membership. It's not really exclusive membership if there's a bar to entry. Do this, do this well, and you're in. Then you're in, right? That's what it should be. That's what these classes are. But to the left, as we'll get to this story, it's about demographics, sadly. Uh, as uh, the spokesman said, the proposal, quote, uh, uh, proposed changes to staffing for this office are part of a central office cuts that Superintendent Williams referenced in his presentation and our ongoing efforts to actualize additional savings in the central office management. According to the National Center for Education Statistics, gifted and talented students accounted for 18.5% of public school students in the 2017-2018 school year. Suburban schools like Baltimore County public schools are more likely to have gifted programs than schools in urban or rural areas, according to a 2020 article from the Journal of Advanced Academics. However, here you go. However, the article found that black and Hispanic students are, quote, statistically underrepresented, end quote, in the gifted programs. Now, you always hear about urban school districts. You never really hear about rural school districts. Rural school districts, that they're overwhelmingly white. They're just as bad at educated kids as they are in, uh, in urban settings. It has nothing to do with skin color. They're underrepresented, if you will, but the problem is those kids are the wrong skin color, so the left doesn't really care about them. And instead of, and this is what drives me nuts about the right or the left and what makes the left so wildly destructive to society. Instead of, well, the way the left looks at it is there aren't enough black and Hispanic students in these school systems, in these advanced programs. Therefore, the advanced programs must be biased. They must be bigoted. They must be destroyed, actually. Not because they care about the kids. They don't give a damn about the kids. They're probably angry that the kids weren't aborted in the first place. But because the existence of these gifted programs highlight the failures of left-wing education dominance, monopolistic control in urban centers, right? Don't they? It's not that 
black kids and Hispanic kids in the city of Baltimore are stupid. It's that the education system has failed them, failed them wildly, failed them wildly and consistently, just done a horrible, horrible job. The fact that there are more on a percentage basis gifted and talented students in the suburbs highlights that. They don't want that. So instead of stepping up their game in the cities, which is what they should do, a normal person says, you're underperforming. How about we do better? How about we focus on that? How about we focus on the underperforming schools, which will help the children? Why don't we do that instead? No, 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 no. Why don't we take the kids who are getting ahead and we'll slow them down? We'll weigh them down. We'll kneecap them. We'll prevent them from getting further ahead. This is the essence of the discriminatory practices of Harvard in the admissions of uh, Asian Americans. Well, we have too many Asians. You get penalized, penalized for being an Asian applicant to Harvard. Penalized. You get penalized a little bit for being a white applicant to Harvard too, but not nearly as much as you get penalized for being an Asian applicant. Now, if the left is saying, well, we do these programs, we implement these affirmative action programs, these preferential programs to right historical wrongs. Well, Asians have been wronged in this country historically, too. Why does their wrongs not count? Well, because they're doing too well. But we're a fundamentally racist country. How the hell can anybody who's not white be doing so well, especially better than evil whitey? Because if you go to Asians, you got to look at, you know, not only Japanese and Korea, you got to look at India. You got to go to the Indians. They're, they sort of all lumped in in the Asian community, but they're different. Different demographics. If you're playing that game, you got to play it honestly. And suddenly you go, wait a second. Now that the Indian Americans, immigrants, Filipino, all these groups are doing way better than whitey economically in this evil, evil whitey. If we're fundamentally racist, if we're founded on racism, how the hell do you square that circle? You can't. They don't want you to think about that. They don't want you to look at it because then you might start to question a whole bunch of other things and go, wait a second. Black kids and Hispanic kids are not inherently different than any other kinds of kids. No brain is better or worse based on the genetics or their skin color or melanin level or however you want to measure it. There's something else going on here. Well, it's the education system that essentially houses kids. And it's also, you're going to have to look at bad parenting. Now, what's the source of bad parenting? There's a lot, well, bad parents. Then you look at the broader picture. It's not only you know, urban settings where, let's just say, government assistance is highly concentrated. It is also those rural areas where government assistance is highly concentrated. Those school systems are failing as well. And then you think, well, there's bad parenting in that factor. Then maybe the common denominator in the bad parenting, regardless of urban or rural, isn't skin color, because the skin colors are different. Maybe it's the government dependence. Maybe it's the concept of telling people subtly, don't do for yourself, government will take care of you. Don't do for yourself, government will take care of you. What are you doing? You know, look, good things come from government. Parents, don't get up in the morning and make your kids breakfast. Don't stay up at night or in the morning and make your kids a sandwich for lunch. 
the government will feed your kid breakfast at school and will give your kid lunch at school. All you have to kind of do, and if you don't, maybe some areas will say, well, also feed them dinner too. If you don't, all you got to do is make them dinner, maybe. What message does that send to parents? Pump the brakes, relax. I don't really have to go to work. Government's going to send me money to buy clothes for the kid. I don't really have to worry about rent. Government's going to pay me money to do that. And for the limited amount of food that I feed the kid, the government's going to send me a whole bunch of money to go and pay for that food too. Realistically, you know, yes, eggs are up. Not that much. You can do it. I do it. Make a whole bunch of waffles on a Sunday. Guess what the kids are having either Monday or Tuesday for breakfast? Waffles. Why? Because why not? They're little. They're not going to eat all the waffles I make on a, on a Sunday. So use them. Now I'm prepared. Now I can make them dinner. You can reheat bacon. You can buy bacon. Bacon was, I bought uh, two packs of bacon, four ninety nine each. Yes, yesterday. They're on sale. Yeah, bacon is generally more expensive than it was a year ago. But if you buy things on sale, you're doing much better. You just have to be responsible. You have to be concerned. You have to be an interested parent. But if the government's taking care of all these things, why bother? If you don't have to feed your kid breakfast, why do you even have to get up? Your kid knows how to get dressed. Your kid knows how to get to the bus stop or get to school. I'm sleeping in, man. I don't have to make lunch or breakfast for my kid, and then suddenly it becomes a slippery slope. Is it uniform across the the board? No, of course not. But I'd say that it's common more common and the common denominator is not skin color the common denominator is government involvement government dependence and so you get this out kids who show promise does it miss some kids yeah i was one of those kids that it missed initially it eventually caught me but does it catch everybody no but it's a hell of a lot better than nothing so instead of I don't know, having a foot race with a bunch of kids and, well, that kid's too fast. Let's put a 50-pound weight on his back to slow him down. How about you work with the kids separately because you don't want to slow down that kid. Work with the other kids to get them to maybe run a little faster. Is everybody going to cross the finish line at the same time? Absolutely not. Should everybody cross the finish line at the same time? Absolutely not. It's not the nature of human beings. Outcomes are up to individuals. The left wants to wipe out the individual, which brings us back to the Borg, which is their ultimate goal, is it not? So you can sit there and say, well, they're just trying to do this. They're trying to equity, 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 equality. They're two different things. Is this a devastating cut to the gifted and talented program in Baltimore County or wherever? No, it's not a, it won't end it. But you've got San Francisco closing a gifted and talented school completely because there were too many Asians in it. Instead of focusing on what the fixing the problem where the problem is, they simply eliminate the existence of what highlights the problem. The problem, 99 times out of 10, is liberal government in the first place. One of the biggest things that really drives me nuts about the left is is all this racism. And then they, you hear the left going, well, the school-to-prison pipeline, the school-to-prison pipeline. We must shut down the school-to-prison pipeline. You go, okay, well, how do you want to... First of all, 
why is there <laughs> is there like a long water slide to prison from school? I don't think so. But if you've got this school to prison pipeline, how do you shut it down? What are you going to do? And they say, well, we've got to shut down the prisons. Well, no, no, no. People are in prison because they're committing crimes. Okay. If you commit a crime, you should go to prison, period. End of story. That's part of why cities are being overrun by crime right now is the left is sort of getting rid of the punishment part. They never say we need to fix the school part. If you don't like where the the pipeline is coming out in prison, why don't you cap it where they go in, right? Why wouldn't you f- focus on improving education? Well, the prison unions don't give nearly enough money to Democrats compared to the teachers' unions. And uh, so there's no, you know, there's no big warden. There is big education. Those people throw a ton of money at Democrats. They throw almost all of their money at Democrats. They throw just enough money at Republicans so they can say, hey, we threw some money at Republicans too. But they don't want to talk about the real problem. People aren't ending up in prison because racist society. It's a whole bunch of kids who are learning like you couldn't believe at schools and then evil white society comes along and says, you're going to jail. No, it's the school systems that are failing them, that are giving them no hope about life because they're told they'll never get ahead and they're not being educated, that they end up choosing a life of crime and ending up in prison. You want to talk about the school-to-prison pipeline? Don't worry about where the pipeline comes out. Worry about where it's being loaded. Of course, you'd have to really want to address the problem. And we all know Democrats don't really want to address the problem. I'm just saying. That's the thing that drives me nuts about the left. Absolutely nuts about the left is their policies. You could almost, as a kid, as a younger person, you could sit there and you could look at this and you go, don't they realize what they're doing? Don't they realize the destructive nature of their policies? Don't. And you, you just sit there and you kind of want to be the person who says, wait, I, I'll find a way to tell them what they're doing is, is destructive. And yeah, it was that way growing up in Detroit. It was that way living in Baltimore where you just look around and you go, why do, you, why do people not know? How do people not recognize that the common denominator in all these places where misery rules and generational poverty is... It's not those evil Republicans. It's not society. It's Democrats. It is a, oh, you know, it's systemic. That's what they came up with for an excuse. It's systemic racism. That, why, why is it that certain people in other areas of the country who are, you know, if it were systemically racist, the way the country, the way you claim the country is, they would have... Uh, I don't know, suffered a a similar fate. No, it seems to be geographically concentrated. And geographically concentrated, not having anything to do, because, you know, a white kid in Baltimore has uh, just as bleak a future as, not totally bleak, I don't want to give that, but have the same prospects of a future of uh, not necessarily the greatest economic opportunities in the world as any other color kid out there it has at some point you have to go maybe it's not skin color maybe it's politics maybe it's the way people vote you have to do that because honestly it is the way people vote that's what it is you have to boil things down to the common denominator if you take kids out of failing schools and put them in because you see this all the time 
It's not bad. There aren't bad parents everywhere. You open up a new charter school, and what happens? What do you see? You see all the local news stories of parents sleeping out on the streets for the prospect of an opportunity to get their kids into a charter school. Not because their kids weren't in school beforehand and this is their only shot in an education. No, their kids are in the failing Democrat-controlled public schools and the charter schools are coming in. The Democrats hate the charter schools because they highlight the failures of the general public schools. Parents will camp out to get their name in a hat. And there weirdly isn't a Democratic politician out there looking at that and going, we need more of this. If this is what this is what the customers want, this is what the parents want, this is what the statistics and the outcomes show us. Is it perfect? If you got into a charter school, you're going to be set for no. It's stupid to even think that. But you can do a hell of a lot better. You have a lot better chance. You should be embracing those parents and what they want who are out there sleeping on the streets trying to get their kids a shot at the charter schools because those are the parents who are decidedly not the problem. Those are the parents who are decidedly the solution to the problem. You should be highlighting them, drawing attention to them so as to maybe just maybe inspire other parents. You're going to inspire all the rest of the parents to care? No. Are you going to inspire most of them? No. Some. Some is better than none, is it not? It's always been my philosophy. Some is better than none. So you get some involved. And then you go from there. You let the civil society, the societal pressure work from there to get parents involved in their kids' education. And there's going to be some who aren't. There are going to be some who simply parents just don't care. They uh, they had their good time and the end result was oops a kid. And that's all they know and that's all they care about and they don't give the kid any thought beyond that. There are going to be parents like that. I grew up around parents like that. I grew up uh, with friends with parents like that. And, uh, you know, just the way the world works. You're never going to get anything that works 100% of the time. You just keep shooting for a more perfect shot, a more perfect union. That's kind of how this country is the philosophy upon which this country was founded. You just look at those things. You put them forward and see what happens next. You're not going to go anywhere when you have a political party, particularly the political party in power, telling you that the problem isn't low expectations, the problem is skin color. The problem isn't failing teachers who are, you know, quite frankly, some of these teachers could be good teachers, but they get so wildly discouraged. That's the problem. The end result is a result of the beginning. It's the entrance, the top of the slide in the school-to-prison pipeline. Not the prison, the school. But there's not a single Democrat politician out there who wants to address any of these things. So if you want to really get engaged, that's where you should get engaged. That's what's going on. And you should have a school board meeting where they're talking about cutting the gifted and talented program. And it should have more than seven people showing up, only two of which spoke on the issue. And those two were part of a community advisory board. They're already involved. So it didn't even inspire anybody to go, wait a second, this is a load of crap. 
I'm going to this school board meeting tonight because this is wrong. Nope. You wonder why the left wins. The left shows up. The left gets in the game. The left is running the show. (laughs) If you haven't noticed, the left is running the show. And they're always going to continue. They're going to continue to run the show indefinitely until you decide they can't. And that brings us to the NHL, to sports. Wherever something exists that is not expressly conservative, the left will eventually take over it. We saw this with the NFL. Black Lives Matter, Black Lives, multi, multi millionaires going, oh, this country's horrible and oppressive and all that. Really? And what are you doing to combat it? Well, I've got, uh, I've got a message on the back of my helmet. Yeah, but are you like giving much? No, I'm not doing much of anything. I've got a message on the back of my helmet. Some of them are engaged. But most of them, most of the players, most of the public figures, most of the actors, most of the politicians are falling prey to, well, the politicians aren't. They know what they're doing. Are engaging in what I just described. Whine, complain, and moan about society rather than the actual problem. Rather than the, you want to solve the problem. Deal, you're legalizing drugs all over the country, right? Well, we legalize, decriminalize. Who are we to judge? Destigmatize, set up autonomous zones. Look, I'm all in favor of autonomous zones for junkies. All right, let's do it. Every state or couple of states get together. They create, so it was, I had this, I floated this a couple of years ago. Find some islands somewhere that you take and you but just basically put Build a little society out of build a little city on there, and you say this is where it, no holds barred, no guns. You can't bring weapons, no guns, no knives, no nothing, no explosives. You get searched going on the island, but you get on that island. It's your little Amsterdam. It even although Amsterdam isn't anything goes, but uh, you knock yourself out. You want to be a junkie? Go there. You can do it. You come on, and you'll get no no consequences as far as prison. No consequences as far as prison goes. You can go and you can get as high as you want. I couldn't care less. Fry your brain. That's how you want to waste your brain? Fry it, baby. Fry it. But when you come off that island, if you ever come off that island, if you come off that island because you've had enough or your, your vacation's over or you, you just want to come and beg or whatever, you come off that island with drugs, you're going to jail for a long time. That's it. You have this free zone where you can go crazy. You can do it if that's the life you want. But if you come back to society and you're found on the street corner begging for money and you got some junk in your pocket or whatever, or you're found passed out in your own filth on the sidewalk because you overdosed, they'll put the Narcan up your nose, we'll bring you back, and then we'll throw you in jail. You had your chance. Well, what are you supposed to do? People got to afford things. Well, you know what? Life is made up of a whole bunch of choices. Life is made up of a whole bunch of choices. You choose to be a junkie. You choose everything that goes along with it. If you can't manage it, if you aren't independently wealthy to be able to afford your fix, why am I supposed to care that you can't afford your fix? Do you care that I can't afford a private school for my kids? No, I don't see you taking up a collection for it. So, sorry, junkie, that's the deal. Well, what about people They need money? Get a job. 
If you can't function in society, beg. If you can't, it's an island with no holds barred, right? What are you saying there? That people should turn to prostitution? I'm saying I don't care what you do on that island. Just don't bring your degenerate lifestyle back over here or you will end up in prison, right? It doesn't have to be an island. It can be an oasis. It can be a, a walled-off area in the middle of Montana. God knows there's enough space up there. And the Dakotas, give a huge chunk of the Dakotas, build a giant wall around it, patrol it, and you say, you go inside, knock yourself out. As you go in, you get x-rayed, you get searched, you make sure there are no weapons, whatever. Imagine, I'd love to have uh, the ATM contract for in there. It had to be a very secure ATM so people couldn't break into it. But, yeah, that sort of thing. You have a police force in there to make sure that people don't get out of control. But if you just want to get high, you want to be a prostitute, you want to engage with prostitutes, whatever you want. The left is in, All the things that the left are decriminalizing right now, make it perfectly acceptable and legal inside these zones. But when you come out, you got rules. And with rules come consequences. How many Democrats do you think would go for that? They hate the consequences part. They don't care about the junkies. They're not out there caring about the drug dealers. They're not caring about all these people in, in prison for a possession of a small amount of weed. That person doesn't exist. That's a huge lie that if we had an honest media, they could do they could do some pretty basic searches and find out how many people are in prison right now for the rest of their lives because they had a joint on them. Well, you just search the people that Kamala Harris has prosecuted and you'd find a good chunk of them when she was attorney general out in California. But you really won't find anybody. It's not 1970s Ann Arbor, Michigan, where John Sinclair got 10 years for possession of two joints. Literally got 10 years for possession of two joints. He did. Look it up. Started something called Hash Bash out there to protest this. John Lennon Yoko Ono went and did a concert in Ann Arbor, a free concert to protest John Sinclair's imprisonment. It led to a god-awful song on a god-awful record by John Lennon called uh, John Sinclair on uh, Sometime in New York City record. Terrible, terrible song, terrible record. But it brought about change. It exposed back at a time when there was people going to prison for a small amount of marijuana. John Sinclair eventually got released and expunged and everything, and the laws have changed. Now, now Michigan is nothing but recreational weed stores and on-your-phone casino gambling. Congratulations, I, I guess. Good job. You proud of that? I don't know. But it is reality that if you want to live your life that way, I couldn't care less. It's the libertarian in me. You want me to subsidize it? I'm not interested. To the extent that I'm willing to subsidize it in any way, I'm willing to subsidize it with terms and conditions. And those terms and conditions are geographic areas in which you are allowed to engage in your degeneracy. And only there, only there, you do it outside, you go to prison and you go to prison for a, a substantial amount of time. Maybe you get one strike. I don't know. But you're done if you keep doing it. Well, Derek, addiction is a disease. It really is a disease in your mind. It's an addiction. Look, I used to be a smoker. I understand. Nicotine was the thing. Man, I needed nicotine. I don't need nicotine. 
anymore. Why? Because I decided I didn't need nicotine. Was it easy to quit? No. Did I have a whole bunch of starts and stops? and fall? Yeah, of course I did. I was quitting smoking for probably five years, if not more. But I did. You know why? Because I, I wanted to quit. When I really, really wanted to quit was when I really, really quit. But, you know, I want to quit this weekend. Uh, after I'm done with this pack, I'm going to quit. Well, tomorrow's Friday. I'm going to go out drinking with my friend Paolo, so I'm going to want to smoke while I drink. So maybe I'll start Saturday. Well, Saturday I'll probably go out to Sunday. Look, just at the end of the weekend, I'll quit smoking. But then on Saturday night, you're walking home, you go, well, I'm almost out of cigarettes, but I'm not supposed to. I just, I'll buy a cup. I'll buy a pack. Oh, wait, no, they're buy two. You get a discount. Well, now they're on sale, so I'm going to buy four. And then when those are gone, I will get, well, that gets you through like Tuesday or Wednesday, Thursday, and then it's lather, rinse, repeat. You can always find a reason not to quit. But if you want to quit, you don't need a reason. You do it. If you want to be a junkie, knock yourself out. You want to address the problems in society, it's time you start addressing them. You can address, you can change, you can fix a lot of you're never going to fix all of it but you can definitely fix a lot of the problems in society the first step is addressing them honestly you can do the opposite look at what california is becoming look at what new york is becoming look at what washington dc is becoming look at where any be it uh, you see these tent cities everywhere that's what passive liberalism that's what active liberalism and passive lifestyle that's what that brings oh tent city can't walk down the sidewalks why well because every almost every square inch of the sidewalks are covered in tents that homeless people live in and the parts that aren't covered in tents are covered in urine and feces from the people who live in the tents or needles or the people begging you for money so that they can get more stuff to put in those needles and blah 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 and here comes the food truck to give them free food because it's it's just it's so compassionate to keep feeding people all they're doing is enabling people so instead of ruining the lives of normal americans where they live and work and their businesses and their kids go to school and everything how about we make these islands i'd, I'd be in favor of that these islands fantasy island, call them whatever the hell you want od island and live your dream junkie just leave the rest of us alone then we can maybe address the other problems in society like education. But, of course, I doubt it. Because the first step in addressing any problem is what? Is admitting you have a problem. And Democrats don't see the problem. None of this is by accident. They want to fundamentally transform the United States of America. And the only way to do that, nobody's going to willingly go along with that, at least not a majority. But if you can get society to collapse, if you can destroy it from within, even though you did it, you can say, look, I told you it was unsustainable. I've got the new way. You can't reshape. You have to rebuild. You have to replace completely. And so that's what the left is trying to do is destroy what exists. So if you're not paying attention or you refuse to participate because you think it's better that way, you're, you're not helping. You're hurting. So while the left is sitting there watching and hoping and waiting and wishing for the destruction of Western society, their tentacles are really setting about to do just that. If you look at 
every aspect of life. I started to talk about football and all the messages on the helmets and on the fields and everything like that. It's not, I mean, do you honestly think that most of these players or these team owners or coaches or anything really give a damn? In pro sports, you get Steve Kerr is a big time lefty. He's also not particularly bright, but he works, he coaches the Golden State Warriors. So it doesn't matter. You don't have to be out there. You don't have to be smart to be woke. In fact, it's a hindrance. You just, uh, it's a, if you question things, if you look at something and go, why is this? How does this make sense? Or whatever. What's the motivation? Once you start asking questions, you open up that can of worms, it's problematic for the left. Everything falls down and falls apart. So if you are not particularly bright and don't have a curious mind, you find a natural home on the progressive activist left. So they say, right, Steve Kerr's of the world, it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. You will toe the party line and you will be a hero to the left. You're out in San Francisco, so, you know, congratulations. For normal people, for everybody else, like the owners of the rest of the basketball teams, the owners of the rest of the football teams, the players of the rest of the basketball teams, the players of the rest of the football teams, do you really believe they honestly care? Maybe LeBron James does care. Because, again, he's one of those people who doesn't question and he's not particularly bright, right? Came right out of high school and had millions of dollars thrown at him for basketball. And he's like, well, he did graduate high school. How much focus on his high school work do you really think LeBron James engaged in knowing that he was going to go number one overall in the NBA draft? All he had to do was not break his leg. And he was set for life. It was a foregone conclusion. So when you do that and you know the number of zeros on your check is dependent on how well you do in the basketball games, not the algebra test, not the math test, not the history test, not the English exam, nothing like that. How much time do you think those things get relative to what the basketball gets? I don't blame him. I'd do the same damn thing. But you're not really going to go, we're putting together the world championship of Trivial Pursuit team here, and you get the first pick, and I'm I'm definitely taking LeBron. No, not going to do that. Not going to take any professional athlete, because it's not their priority, and it shouldn't be. It's not their job. You wouldn't necessarily want to, unless it's a medical quiz, you wouldn't want a doctor. Oh, doctors are smart. No, doctors know medicine. There are plenty of doctors out there who are plenty dumb. Plenty dumb. It's about what you do, not just for a living, but what you do as a human being and what you choose to study because you can't inherently learn anything. There are a lot of people out there who think the title dictates their intelligence. It is not. Say you're president of the United States and you therefore think you're a smart person when all evidence points to the contrary, that sort of thing. You'd like to think you only elect intelligent presidents, but honestly... When was the last time we did? Maybe Bill Clinton, as far as like general intelligence. Bad president, but you wouldn't say Bill Clinton is stupid. He didn't, you know, all the gaffes and everything, everybody else had massive amounts of gaffes. Bill Clinton made a lot of mistakes, usually what he did with his pants, but uh, he didn't have many gaffes. And he, and he was very good on his feet, unlike, say, all the rest of them since then. 
Anyway, the left ruining things. They're coming after anything that rears its ugly head. The Philadelphia Flyers, the Broad Street Bullies, they had an LGBTQRSTUVWXYZ night. Why? Because they had to show their support for the alphabet mafia community. Why? Why? I, I don't know why. Are gay people being beaten up on the streets of Philadelphia? No. There's never been a better time to be gay in America. You get everything. You get a whole month. You get the, the month, June. You get everything thrown at you. Oh, let's celebrate diversity. Out in Hollywood, oh, man, you've got to, you not only have to have gay actors play gay characters at a time when if you have gay characters, you make a movie about gay characters, man, it's probably going to have money thrown at it. But you also have to keep casting. If you said, well, okay, we're going to have gay characters, gay actors play gay characters, but we're only going to have straight actors play straight characters, all hell would break loose. It's never been a better time to be gay in this country. Celebrate this. Networks, corporations, every organization in this country, celebrate this. Embassies around the country, around the world from the United States of America, fly the pride flag. Oh, we're wonderful. We're And you just sit there and you go, all right, you realize that you're just celebrating how somebody has sex, right? Like if, if who you have sex with or how you have sex, if that defines any more, any part of you, there's something fundamentally off about you as a human being. You bring not, That's what you bring to the table? That's what you bring to the table? I don't bring my heterosexuality to the table. <laughs> no. God, I'd be the most boring human being on the planet. I don't care what you do when I'm not around you. As long as whatever you do it with is of age and willing, knock yourself out. But you don't need to be celebrated. Oh, no. How do gay people be fans of a, of a hockey team different than how straight people do it? How is that? Well, there is no difference. You either like the hockey team or you don't. And I'd be willing to posit that there's, if you, in the grand scheme of fandom in not only Philadelphia sports, but in NHL and sports in general, the grand scheme of the NHL in particular is mostly straight. Mostly st- exclusively, no. But mostly straight. Mostly men. This is what this is what I always found weird about the uh, the Super Bowl halftime show. So many of the Super Bowl halftime shows in the last few years have been seemingly designed for women. Nothing personal, no offense, I don't care, but um you sit there and you go, why are you catering your halftime show towards the people least likely to like your product? Are there women out there who are super fans of, of football? Of course. And are there a lot of women who watch the Super Bowl? Of course there are. But why would you, didn't you sit there, you can actually rationalize that one. Well, there are, people are watching the football game anyway. You're selling a ton of money in advertising. Certain advertisers want to reach women. You need to do something to attract more women, even though the audience is going to be probably 40% women for the Super Bowl. Most people at a Super Bowl party aren't paying attention to the Super Bowl until somebody screams, then they all look at the TV. But if you want to say, all right, men will be paying more attention throughout the game, so we can get this 20-minute, 25-minute break in the middle where women are going to pay more attention. 
to the to the screen to the TV than men. That one makes sense. But a pride celebration in Philadelphia at the Flyers game doesn't make any sense. Unless you're just pandering and you're looking for some wedge issues. And that's where the Democrats live. They are that wedge. That's where the progressive mindset lives. It is that wedge, divide to conquer. And so you have a Flyers defenseman named Ivan Provorov. I don't know. I can't pronounce. There's too many V's in this stupid name. Ivan, defenseman, Russian, Russian Orthodox. He sounds Canadian when he talks because he's been playing hockey forever. And that's just when you speak English and you learn, you learn, you learn Canadian English. But he refused to participate. Now, what is participation? It is they wanted a pregame uniform to be worn. It was all the rainbow colors, the rainbow flag. Celebrate. The LGBTQRSTUVWXYZ community. Well, that's not what it's supposed It's supposed to be tolerance, right? Tolerance. Tolerance is I don't care. Tolerance is passionate indifference. It can be, it can be yay, I'm going to go in the parade and throw Tootsie Rolls at kids while wearing a jock strap and nothing else. Or it can be, I don't care. I don't care. Anything short of, you no, know, stop this, is tolerance. But you're not allowed to tolerate anymore. You must celebrate. And that's when the word has changed. Celebrate diversity. I'm not interested. I don't care. I, I'm not interested in celebrating things that have nothing to do with who the human being is. That have nothing to do with their character. Now you got to celebrate. Celebrate the LGBTQ community. Well, it's against his religion. The way he believes in his faith. We do have freedom of religion in this country for now. And so he had an interview with the media afterwards, and he addressed this. Ivan Provorov talking to journalists. And now you're going to hear him get the question. And then you're going to hear him he'll address it, and that's all I'm going to say about it. Then there's a, he says, you got any questions about hockey? And he gets a question about hockey. Somebody on the Flyers scored a hat trick, which is three goals. And it was apparently their first hat trick. So he talks about that for about 20, 30 seconds. And then because they're terrible people with agendas and sports media, the media in general is filled with people who hate this country. And sports media is not only filled with people who hate this country, they're also filled with people who hate the sports they cover. They are political animals when Slate as a sports reporter, and everything is about how racist this is or how sexist that is, you begin to recognize that maybe they're, they're not really in it for the, the sports. Nobody goes to the left-wing slate or Huffington Post to find the scores of the latest game. They go there to find out how everything sucks in this country, and that's all they do. So then somebody pops off and says, well, what about, and he tries to go back to that, and, and to his credit, Ivan kind of throws him an elbow, a nice little cross-check to the nose at the end here. Normal society would never have an idiot like this in the press asking these questions. But if they did a functioning society that is not infested with the cancer that is progressivism in nearly every aspect of, of life, 
would have this would have been the story. It's not the story. We'll get to the rest of the story in a minute, but let's listen to Ivan Provorov and field some questions. Twitch says he respects the decision you made for religious purposes. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, I uh, I respect everybody. I respect everybody's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. That's all I'm going to say. Any, uh, like I said, that's all I'm going to comment on that. Um, if you have any hockey questions, I would like I would answer those. So. Can you speak about what Russian Orthodox. So with the game tonight, Ivan, um, obviously Kevin Hayes got a hat trick and uh, Erasmus's first goal of the season. Can you walk us through the emotion that the team was feeling in that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, anytime somebody gets a hat trick in the game, that's uh, obviously a great feeling for them and for the team. And uh, on Risto, you know, it's been a long time coming, but uh, great, uh, great job on the PK, blocking the shot, hitting the, the puck and going up the ice, and then nice pass by Lots and uh, a great finish by Risto. Ivan, did you have any concern that not participating in warm-ups? Did you not hear what I just said? Can, can you respect that? <laughs> did you not hear what I just said? Can you respect that? No, sports journalists hate the sports they cover, and they hate this country. It's just how it is. I don't make this up. That's where they are. And so all these commentators about NHL, you know, ESPN, the NHL Network, I looked into it because this this first guy here is a guy named E.J. Redek, H-R-A-D-E-K. He's an employee of the NHL Network. Now, this is a little bit, it's poor quality. It's recorded off a television. Somebody posted on social media. But it is uh, indicative of how the left functions and the sickness of it. Basically, he says, if you don't lie, if you're not willing to celebrate, celebrate. And he doesn't say anything about gay people going to hell. I don't want anything to do with this. Nope. He just wouldn't wear this jersey and wouldn't participate in a pregame skate because he's not going to celebrate something. Tolerate it, sure. Not going to celebrate it. This guy, E.J. Hedrick, um, says, well, why don't you go back to Russia? They're in a war with Ukraine. Why don't you go back to Russia and go to war, you bigot? And this is the NHL Network. And Ivan Provorov can get on a plane any day he wants and go back to a place where he feels more comfortable, take less money, and get on with his life that way. If it's that problematic for him. And he's been in North America for a long time. He played in the Western Hockey League. He's now been in Philadelphia for many years. If this is that much of a problem for him to maybe assimilate into his group of teammates and in the community and here in this country, that's okay. Listen, you can feel any way you want. But the beauty is, if it bothers you that much, there's always a chance to leave, go back where you feel more comfortable. I understand there's a conflict of sorts going on over there. Maybe get involved. Maybe just give me, look, you're free to leave. Now, you can listen to Ilhan Omar, Democratic Congresswoman, talk about how this country sucks. It's a bigoted, biased country, a bunch of monsters run this country, et cetera, et cetera. And you can say, hey, if you don't like it, go back to Somalia where we rescued you from. You're a refugee from Somalia. If it sucks so bad, you're welcome to go anywhere else in the world. And what does the left do? Oh, can you believe these racists are telling people to go back to where they can? No, it's saying you're free to go back to where. If it sucks so bad here, you're free to go. 
There are literally no forces whatsoever keeping anybody in this country. You say that and you're a wild racist. But if you say it in the defense, uh, say it about a progressive, you're a wild racist. Say it in defense of progressivism and you'll probably get a promotion on the NHL network, which coincidentally is partially owned by NBC. Surprise, surprise. I want to play a couple more uh, clips of the uh, NHL comment up in Canada. They have another commentator. There's really just nothing. These people are uh, leftists first. And you can tell, frankly, by looking at that E.J. Uh, Redrick, however you pronounce it, and this guy, Sid... S- God, can we get anybody whose name is just Jones? For to, to the dyslexic kid. Sid S-I-E-X-E-I-R-O. Whatever, six euro, whatever the hell this guy's name is. You can tell by looking at these guys, they never played hockey. They don't carry themselves like hockey players. This other guy is more interested in other sports, according to his own Twitter bio, Sid Sixiero. But he's he's a bomb thrower. And sadly, what sports commentary is, if you, I don't listen to sports radio. I don't listen to sports podcasts. But I'm familiar enough with it to know that the vast majority of it, it's at least seemingly... A whole bunch of blowhards make trying to explode things that aren't really worth exploding. To get angry about the because nobody goes, you know what? The game last night was pretty good, wasn't the game pretty good? Yeah, it was. All right, moving on. How about the way the quarterback played? I was rather satisfied with the way the quarterback played. I too was satisfied with the way the quarterback played, and the defense did a good job. Oh yes, nobody would listen to that. So you got to get out there and you say, well, this is the worst. This is the best. This is amazing. This is why cable news, Kyrods are, you can have hilarious memes based on not, not rewriting cable news, Kyrods, but just posting screen captures of cable news, Kyrods. <laughs> it's just like they're idiots writing them and they're insane. Sports news and, and cable news commentary, they're the same sorts of things. This piece of legislation is never going to go anywhere. There's not enough support for it. That doesn't rate. But if you say this piece of legislation is garbage and it will destroy the United States of America as we knew it, and that's why blah, 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 then you'll get out there. Now, the bill was introduced by one person, has no co-sponsors, and is going nowhere whatsoever. And it's introduced by the minority party, so it's really not going anywhere. And suddenly it's huge problem. Reported as if it's, you know, might become law tomorrow. Because that's what gets attention. The same sort of thing is with sports media. So with that in mind, the, they brought it up in Canada. Their, uh, it's not the Canadian NHL network. It's a Canadian network that covers NHL. It's a sports, like the Canadian version of, of ESPN. They brought in Sid to talk about Ivan's refusal to bend the knee, to participate to wear the uniform of the alphabet mafia. I don't know if Sid is gay or not. I don't care. All I know is that Sid probably isn't, but he knows who signs the checks. He knows what company he works for. Just like the guy at the NHL network or works for NBC. They know what they have to say. Whether they care or not, honestly, I don't know. But in normal circumstances, somebody's saying, why don't you go back to Russia and sign up to fight and die in a war in, in Ukraine would probably, at a minimum, lead to a suspension. It'll probably lead to this jackhole getting his own show. And up in Canada is the same sort of thing with their government being uh, 
you got to get in favor with them, the sports commentary by people who hate sports. Because what I heard last night was offensive and didn't make any sense. Because, for instance, if that was a military night, okay? Right. If anyone in Canada or in the States on a military appreciation night wouldn't wear a jersey pregame, do you have any idea the uproar that would have happened on that? Do you have any idea the backlash? Do you have any idea what happened on social media? It's, it's, it's ridiculous what would well, happen. It was just a minute ago we were talking about the uproar that was happening with FIFA fever, where it's, if you were seen with so much as yeah. a rainbow anywhere, you had to fear for your life, imprisonment, or death. Yeah. Seriously. So, and now here we are. I, I just think the NHL has to do something here. This is not good enough. This is not good enough. Hockey is for everyone, dot, 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 unless, unless you don't agree with gay rights, is not the phrasing of this. You're either in this or you're not. And one last point. Nothing scares me more than any human being who says, I'm not doing this because of my religious beliefs. Because when you looked at people's lives, you normally say that publicly, you'd throw up at what you saw. You would throw up at what you saw. And I've seen that a million times in a lot of different ways. So don't, don't give me that. With respect. Don't give me that because no one's perfect. All right? Don't, tell me, don't, don't feed me the religious beliefs line. And all of a sudden, the NHL is going to back off this. <laughs> don't give me this religious freedom crap do what you're told bend the knee oh why well because there are hypocrites who are religious see being a liberal means you can never really be a hypocrite because you don't really stand for anything so when it comes out that you're uh, this or you're that or you're friends with jeffrey epstein and doing god knows what on pedophile island or whatever and riding on the lolita express there's no consequence to that Look, you never said anything. And besides, it's you're not out there preaching morality. Show me the speech where Bill Clinton talked about how you shouldn't have sex with teenage girls against their will. Yeah, he never said that. So he's not a hypocrite. That's this mentality. Don't give me this religion crap. Um, I'm sorry that people's religions upset your sensibility and the reporter out there the uh the anchor going yeah no, no i'm right there with you i'm right there with you over and over and cutter for uh or Qatar for the uh the world cup you couldn't even wear a rainbow they'd kill you right there on the street no they wouldn't that didn't happen there was one story about a reporter who wore a rainbow t-shirt who then said i was detained but no he was apparently just questioned wasn't detained by the uh, police there and then he died of an aneurysm a couple of days later and the story was oh my god was he murdered because he wore that rainbow t-shirt and eventually like a week later his wife had to come out and say no 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 he died of an aneurysm a natural had nothing to do with that and the story went away but the myth didn't the story and the myth are two different things the myth can persist. The story is not going to be repeated. They're not going to use that guy's name, but they will talk like that airhead right there. You heard just said, well, people over in uh, the World Cup, well, the FIFA fever, they were looking out because if somebody wore a rainbow flag, they might really, you're going, first of all, you're going to cover a sporting event. Why do you rock in rainbow gear to begin with? How does that help you do your job? Shouldn't you, I don't know, just a thought, dress professionally while doing your professional job, just just say, but if you really can't help that you, mu- you know, like you're looking at this world and you must go, well, in Qatar, it's illegal to be homosexual or whatever. Okay, fine, that's, that's BS. But 
your problem is with FIFA, not with Qatar. They remember you're supposed to respect cultures. If a if a parent tells you that their four year old is now a girl, you're not supposed to look at them with cross eyed going, What the hell are you no, no, no. You're not supposed to you can't question it, you can't say anything against it, or else you're a monster, you're trouble, you're the problem. Why? Because you have to respect the differences. You're supposed to do this, that, and the other thing. And like I told you the story in uh, in Michigan, in Hamtramck, where you can now sacrifice animals if you get a permit from the government, and it's you know for Islamic reasons, whatever to celebrate. You can slaughter an animal, sacrifice an animal in your house. Okay, animal sacrifice. What? Why? Well, we must respect cultural differences. Yet when it upsets liberal orthodoxy, no. There's no concern whatsoever for we must. This is why Brittany Griner ended up in prison in Russia. Not because she, she was there for longer than she should have been, because she was an American and the closest thing to a celebrity that the WNBA can produce. But she went in there and broke the law. The law of Qatar is the law of Qatar. I think it's garbage. You probably think it's garbage. Whatever. It doesn't matter. It's the law of Qatar. If you care that deeply, move to Qatar and fight to change the laws of Qatar. But Qatar isn't going to give a damn about you what you think of their laws. If you're not a citizen of Qatar, they don't give a damn what the citizens of Qatar think of their laws. But you don't get to, you, you being an American travels with you. The constitutional protections don't. So Brittany Griner, she's a California resident, I think, or whatever. She smoke all the weed she wants. Knock herself out. Go to town. Good on you. Have fun. But when you go to Russia and they say that marijuana is illegal, they mean it. You don't get to play the, but I'm an American card. Oh, all right. Well, you get a 10-foot radius around you where marijuana smoking is perfectly legal. So go to town. Have fun. It's not the way the world works. These people are disgusting. These people are sick. This Canadian wasn't done because also the problem with this is all of these morons try to one-up each other. You see this all the time on an MSNBC panel or a CNN panel where it's all leftists and one person says something particularly inflammatory and there's the other low IQ person going, well, I'm going to out-debag that guy. I'm going to out crazy that guy. Uh, yeah, not only are Republicans Nazis, but they are literally out there killing gay people. All right. And then the other one goes, they're not only out there, they're Nazis, and they're literally out there killing gay people. They, uh, they want to give tax cuts to the rich and take the money from the, the gay people they've killed and give it to their rich buddies. And like, oh, yeah, it just becomes this stupid spiral it's not a death spiral it's a stupid spiral it's what happens when you use a toilet and then you flush your dinner away that's what msnbc that's what all of these things are that's what sports media is just all right well we're going to try and out stupid each other and so this guy up in canada continues the national hockey league today needs to find that organization a million dollars and reevaluate how they support gay rights because because that is insulting that is the number one trending topic in Canada. That is insulting what happened in Philadelphia. And if the NHL's serious about this, they say they are. We'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see how serious they are today. But that whole thing was mishandled. And, I, and I, part of me couldn't believe it. 
part of me could, considering how the NHL sometimes handles things. And it's too important, and that's why you're continuing to talk about it, because you're not just going to brush it under the rug. Well said, Dean. Well said, Dean. It's too important. It's far too important that this religious Christian didn't put on the uniform, rainbow uniform, and skate around in a pre-skate. How many children are going to die because this Russian guy did not participate in this pregame skate? How many? How much blood will be on the hands of Gary Bettman and the NHL? I am not one to advocate for violence, but sometimes I understand it. By the way, to its credit, at least so far, I love how this this ass is like, this, they need to be fined a million dollars right now. Find a million. For what? For not forcing somebody to participate in a political demonstration? Honestly, for not forcing somebody to participate. Okay, NHL, if uh, the uh, NFL said you cannot kneel, we'll fine you a million dollars if you kneel during the national anthem. Would they have been saying, well, you know what, these people, they, uh, they, they have that right to do that. Don't bring your politics to the field. Leave that stuff in the, in the locker room, eh? No, they wouldn't have done that. They absolutely would have set themselves on fire. So far, the NHL has not gone along with this. Now, largely, the NHL is benefiting from being the fourth professional sport, distant fourth. But they released a statement. It says, quote, Hockey is for Everyone is the umbrella initiative under which the league encourages clubs to celebrate the diversity that exists in our respective markets and to work to achieve more welcoming and inclusive environments for all fans. Clubs decide whom to celebrate, when and how, with league counsel and support. Players are free to decide which initiatives to support, and we continue to encourage their voices and perspectives on social and cultural issues. Meaning, yeah, we're going to keep doing what we do, and if players don't want to participate, they don't have to. That's not good enough for the rabid left. You must care. You will be made to care, or you will be destroyed. They are not going to be done trying to destroy this guy. They are just now, I guarantee you, going to be digging into every aspect of his life. If he is on social media, and he's been there since high school, they will go back. They will find something, and if they don't find something, they will manufacture it to destroy Ivan. Because that's how the left works. This is why they have to be destroyed. This is why I don't just dislike these people. I despise them. Oh, also, by the way, now there's uh, news, breaking news today. Alec Baldwin has been charged with involuntary manslaughter. Alec Baldwin and the armorer on the movie Rust. Now, this is... uh, I'd never seen... A decision whether or not, to, well, maybe Mueller, maybe maybe Comey. I've never seen a decision to decide whether or not to prosecute somebody takes so damn long to make. I don't know what they do out there in New Mexico, but CNBC. Alec Baldwin will be criminally charged by New Mexico prosecutors for the 2021, yeah, 2021 fatal shooting of cinematographer Hill, Hill, Halena. Hitchens. I think that's I think that's how you pronounce it. Helena is not that hard, but it's spelled in a weird way. On the set of the film Rust, authorities said Thursday, Baldwin, the Emmy winning star of Thirty Rock and dozens of films, including the Hunt for Red October, shot the bullet that killed Hutchins. He and the movie's armorer, Hannah Gutierrez Reed, will each be charged with and this is I don't know if this is a misprint or what. Will each be charged with two counts of involuntary manslaughter. I'm no lawyer, 
but one person was was killed. Now another one was shot. The doctor got sh- or the the director, I think, got shot or injured or whatever from this too. But only one person. I think you have to have somebody die for there to be a manslaughter charge. I could be wrong. Like I say, I'm not a lawyer, but I've never known anybody to be like charged with manslaughter without there being somebody what'd you do manslaughter oh man what who, who'd you kill nobody i just uh i double parked on a busy street and you know didn't even turn my hazards on that doesn't make sense rust assist assistant director david halls signed a plea deal for the charge of negligent use of a deadly weapon resulting in a suspended sentence and six months of probation according to New Mexico's first judicial district attorney, Mary Carmack Altweiss. Baldwin's attorney didn't immediately comment. According to documents obtained by the New York Post in September, the DA's office had been waiting to review evidence from an FBI investigation since October 2021. See, the FBI, they're too busy tracking down mothers who stand up and say, hey, I don't want boys in the girls' locker room. They're too busy out there investigating domestic terrorists like the father in Northern Virginia who went to a school board meeting to protest the fact that his daughter had been sexually assaulted in the bathroom by a deranged trans student. And I'm like, no, 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 he's a domestic terrorist. We've got to arrest him and then we'll stick the FBI on him. We couldn't possibly be looking into whether or not Alec Baldwin shot somebody. This is one of those cases that what facts were not known within, what, 24 hours of this thing? In addition to you know all the people on the set who witnessed it, I believe most of it was on film, right? So involuntary manslaughter, it sounds right. I don't think Alec Baldwin meant to kill anybody. It seems like maybe negligent homicide would be a good possibility too. The uh, Honestly... Alec Baldwin was mishandling the stupid thing. He should have checked the weapon. So I don't want to like see him get a lesser charge, but the armorer or whoever put the actual live round in the gun should be the one facing hell <laughs> or the more serious charges. Because, and, But I still, I don't understand the two counts each of involuntary manslaughter. Two count, one, one dead. We'll see. We'll see. I want to play you this clip of um, Eric Swalwell. Eric Swalwell is making the rounds because he lost his his committee assignments because he should never have been on the House Intelligence Committee. He is a national security threat. And he's out there. He goes on MSNBC, Nicole Wallace, not very bright. She's mad she doesn't have an upper lip. And you can't blame her because she really doesn't have an upper lip. But... um, She's also too dumb to really piece this together, and she just lets little good old uh, gaseous Eric Swalwell get away with making an apples to uh, toe jam comparison here. You were stripped of your committees. Um, why? Well, political vengeance. Uh, you know, Kevin McCarthy uh, seems to want to heat up the leftovers of a story that goes back to Barack Obama's first term, FBI has said three different times in a rare form, they never talk about investigations, that all I did was help them, never suspected of wrongdoing. Today, the Washington Post 
fact checker, Glenn Kessler, put out a story uh, giving McCarthy four Pinocchios for his claims. But the consequence of his claims is just is not just that I'm not on the committee and he's weaponized the Intelligence Committee. It's that it inspires these death threats. People parrot what Kevin McCarthy is saying when they call and make the threats. And so he knows that. We, we've told this to him. I, I have told this to him. I have, you know, publicly broadcast to him that when you do this, it, it leads to threats to me, my wife, our kids. Mm -hmm. Recently, someone said that they were going to uh, rape and kill uh, my children. Uh, and, and they were using the language that Kevin McCarthy was using. So there is a cost. Uh, there is a cost. I wonder if Eric Swalwell has called the police on these people because you can track down somebody making death threats. Most people making death threats do so over the Internet. There's a, a pathway. They're pretty stupid. They'll give you their real email address or they'll do it over social media. You can. We all know that the government has a close relationship with Twitter. So there are plenty of ways to track down phone records, whatever, people making death threats against your family. Eric, why haven't arrests been made would be my first question. But secondly, where uh, host Nicole Wallace becomes so incredibly stupid, because Eric Swallow wouldn't make that up, would he? Where the host's stupidity comes into play is nobody's accusing Eric Swalwell of being a spy. He says, oh, the FBI said that they're not investigating me, that I, they cleared me of all wrongdoing. Nobody's accusing you of being a spy. They're accusing you of being an idiot falling for a honey trap, right? Being infiltrated by a spy. You're a useful idiot emphasis on the idiot part so that's your problem sleeping with fang fang didn't make you a kind of chinese communist spy sleeping with fang fang gave a chinese communist spy access to you and god knows what other information that uh, she garnered by sleeping with you that's the problem if you fall for it once you're dumb enough to fall for it again and lord knows eric swalwell is as dumb as they come no fang fang joke intended that is it for today, for Fang Fang, the things some people do for their countries. That'll do it for today. The Week in Avenue Review will be up. Go to patreon.com slash Podcast or derekhunter.locals.com. Please support the program. Check out the Curse program. It'll be up tonight at midnight. Have yourself a wonderful weekend. See you tonight. See you Monday. Bye-bye.